Uh, yeah, well, I'm in a version of my normal place, I guess. Um, as you and our several listeners know, I've uh, been in the midst of a great upheaval of my entire life, and I am uh, currently staying at my parents' place <coughs> for at least one more episode of the toy department. <laughs> Uh, although actually I get a reprieve I get a bit of a reprieve we're, we're staying at a friend's house starting tomorrow for a week so uh, a little more space get away from my my family um, who I love very much uh, and who for some reason when you and I try to connect on Skype from my parents condo nothing um, don't know what's going on there um pretty bizarre but i'm in like a a shared room of the building that they live in right now um which is thankfully unoccupied other than myself uh and for whatever reason the like general building internet does seem to work with skype so here we are <laughs> yay <laughs> weird scene uh, that was a long way around to get there to get to yay shit works but here we are um <laughs> <laughs> We uh, do have a fair amount to talk about this. Let's go. A, I mean, we we got to start with the challenge being back. Although, uh, you know, I, I'm on the record as saying, is a challenge episode really a challenge episode when there's no elimination? Yeah. Um, I think we are on the record together asking that question on more than one occasion. Um, and it is disappointing. Uh, and, and I... I do hope I don't know I don't know what to think because there's two episodes a week now Th- this season they're gonna have I guess Thursday Sun or yeah Thursday Sunday Thursday Sunday at least for the first few weeks and this makes me think and maybe look look maybe we just have to get used to it and maybe this is kind of the right approach to do two episodes a week with only one elimination a week when you've got you know 30 people in the house because it, it there is more shenanigans drama back and forth etc to be covered um but maybe but i mean that's a man, that's crap it's gonna be a crap ton of episodes <laughs> yeah and and 30 people well right i mean you know there'll be doubles and maybe a purge and yeah. whatever but but it's it's just as long-time challenge-watching veterans, right? There just is an empty feeling when you have an episode without an elimination. There just is. They used to have eliminations every 20 minutes when we started watching this show. <laughs> they sure did. And I, you know, I, maybe it's, it, you know, my hope is that this is not going to be the regular pattern and that, you know, maybe because it's the first one and there's the most people and, you know, and a lot of introduction work uh, that they decided they couldn't cram an elimination in there and that be this would be a good end point. But it feels more to me like it's Thursday, Sunday. We're in the middle of a writer's strike. Like, I don't know. Did you watch um, any like I happen to watch this one on television, um, actual linear television? Um so I'm seeing a lot of CBS commercials and like their entire summers are quite obviously just reality TV. And it's like yeah. three nights of big brother and two nights of challenge. And yep. I think there's an amazing race. And uh, you know what I mean? Uh, and then some new shows that I had never seen before that looked insane. 
So, you know, I think this may just be we're going to be stretching this out because <laughs> we got all the time in the world to get it resolved. I think that's right. Um, and it's it's a bit of a bummer, but also I'm just so glad to have it back. And, and as frustrating as that elimination-free feeling can be, there was a lot to get into, I think, in this episode. There's a lot to like. Yeah, that's what I was saying, because it wasn't like a lot didn't happen. Right. There's, there's quite a bit of game going on here, and I think it's a strategy that it seems like it should take a bit to get used to, although, like, all the teams sort of came right in with the plan of some kind, you know what I mean? Well, and then, of course, at least one person chose not to execute that plan, you know, um, <laughs> as, as as is want to happen in the challenge. Um, also, like, I mean, I guess she might get away with it this week. John A. being the one who voted for someone on her own team totally unnecessarily. Uh, although I'm with her. Get Michelle the hell out of here. I'm already sick of her. Um, right. But... This is the game where you can take shots. You're going to be able to, you know, why not? You know? So. Right. Although nobody took a real sh- I mean, I guess people aimed at bananas, but by that time, was it a shot? And he was, he was like practically last pick. Um, but. What was up with that, by the way? That was weird. You know, the only, the only thing I can think of is that there were rules about how many legends or whatever that you could take. So the smart team that are, you know, like, the green team, I think, was the smart team in terms of strategizing their picks. Um, yeah. And she already had West. took West first, right? So that kind right. of takes her out of bananas. You know what I mean? Right. And then I guess the other two teams didn't value him, but it was bizarre, the people that were coming off the board. Like, it, I was fine with Corey or Fessy going ahead of him, I guess. But... I don't know. The whole thing was confusing. How can you take Corey? Look, I love Corey, but how can you take Corey out of bananas? There's no basis for that. It's like, it's like, (laughs) it's like, you know, for years, people taking whoever ahead of Tom Brady. It's like, you just figure it's over at some point, right? That's why you do it, I assume. You just figure, like, because he was strong. Like, like you're not getting straight with bananas, right? You know what I mean? I, 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 no, look, I mean, I, I, I it's hard. I it, look, I'm playing devil's advocate because obviously I would have chosen <laughs> bananas um, early on. I understand why Josh took Pauly. I think that was actually kind of a clever game move. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's weird how long it took for them to choose bananas. Anyway, that's not even where I was going at the beginning of this. I wonder if I can remember what I was starting to say. Um, but I, I, I think, and I don't think this is what I was starting to say, but I, I think maybe the most critical takeaway for me from the game design after the first episode, um, oh, I remember what I was going to say. John A going off script. Um, she should know better. Like, she may have gotten away with it this time, but, like, those votes are not going to be secret for long, my friend. Do yeah, not exactly. fall victim to the notion that these votes are actually going to stay a secret uh, for any length of time. That said, I, I, I think the game design at, with the whole the hopper thing actually makes this one of the most unpredictable and luck-based games we've ever seen, and it, it does... And I think this is in keeping with the the way they sort of laid it out as kind of the the theme of this game this week, right? Or, or, or this season, rather, is why not take a shot? Forget whether it's forget whether it's uh, secret or not, right? I mean, the secret obviously makes it even more so. Why not take a shot? But even if it's not secret. This is one of the only games where you, as a single individual, can pick basically anyone else you want, male or female, and have a legitimate shot at them going in there when you're the only one who says their name. Right. Right? Like, you can take the numbers out of the equation. And you could conceivably just go in there. Like, you can't entirely take the numbers out of the equation. Like, if. No, not at all. No. Michelle. 
fives Sade out, right? She can rally the whole team against her. Of course. Then, you know what I mean? And and yeah. and look, the team that wins, like, numbers are going to matter. And and odds are still odds. Numbers still do matter. Like, the more balls you have in there, the more likely you are to go in. I'm just making the point that it is now possible to be like a lone wolf at the bottom of the totem pole and essentially luck into getting your first choice thrown into elimination. <laughs> or Orlando Magic, your way, your way back to safety. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, you um. can... You can be the, the Bulls the year they got Derrick Rose, right? Just... It shouldn't really have been them, but all the the pieces came together. You can you can win the lottery. Yeah, it's it's and uh, and look and with when there's only like you know fifteen eighteen votes or whatever, like it's not that outlandish of a possibility. And as the numbers start to dwindle, it'll be even more. Likely, you know, as long as this stays I, I the think, format. I think the other effect here is it's going to put greater emphasis on winning, right? Because winning is going to be the only way to keep yourself out of just the random chance of just getting screwed by the, the bounce of the ball. Right? And I do so. think that has been a an increasingly primary thing over the last few seasons of, of, you know, across the board of the franchise um, is seeing more and more situations where, where like, you really, like, winning is the only way to really be reasonably safe. Because for years, there were so many twists and turns built into the game that I think one thing that happened that, that didn't always make for great TV is it became possible to slyly ally your way to the end of the game without really even worrying about winning very much, right? Yeah. And I think they have just... It it still happens, but it's a lot harder to get to the end of these games without being tested now. And and, and because it's a lot harder, it becomes a less viable and and, and therefore less utilized strategy by the best players in the game. Yeah. Like you want yeah. Johnny Bananas so, uh, in there trying to win, not in there trying to play the middle so nobody talks about him. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Right. Or CT, right? CT's had some play the middle seasons. In yeah, the past, absolutely. Way low seasons, which is like the last thing you want. Obviously, he's not on this particular cast. But I do think I do think we got a pretty good group here. You know what I mean? Like um the, they brought back some of the better uh, Survivor and Big Brother contestants from from you know previous challenge stuff. Yeah, and, and I um, I think it's interesting that new people see these too. Yeah, I, and I think it's interesting that Paulie and Josh and you know a couple others here qualify as their original show rather than the challenge. But fair enough. Um, Speaking of interesting, can we just take a moment to discuss what the fuck Polly is wearing on, so, on this season of the challenge? My very first note, my very first note is is Polly okay? Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about the way his whole vibe. It's not just the clothes. It's not just the hair. It's everything. Like he, ju- I like the jewelry. Uh, yes, all of the whole look. Yeah. I, I, everything about him makes me simultaneously like repulsed and wanting to just give him a hug because I'm a little worried about his mental state. Um, <laughs> I, it's just he's trying so hard, right? You know what I mean? Like, like take your foot off the gas, bud. You're, you've been on the show. Like, you know I feel I mean? like somehow he. And I don't honestly even know if they're still together. I'm, I, I'm kind of assuming they are, but I feel like he has absorbed many of the, at least from a game perspective, worst qualities of Cara Maria. It does smack a little bit of Cara Maria, right? And I sort of feel like maybe they aren't together because we, there hasn't been a peep about her, right? Um, you know, on the show. But I could probably does, Google this it right does now. Feel like her vibe a little bit. Yes. So. 
He is uh, way too much her vibe in a very weird way. Um, but whatever, man. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I, I have a feeling when they throw the gloves down, it seems like they are still t- together. Um... Yeah, it seems like they're together. Anyway, uh, I have a feeling when the when the gloves are down, he's he's still going to be a force, and I am not unexcited to watch him compete. Um, yeah. He unnecessarily, but typically, sprinted out of the gates in the first part of the first challenge and blasted everybody. Um, He's a try-hard guy. He cares too much, and that has been fun to watch historically. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> it, it, he does make usually make for good television. But I he do, is though he I is a walking Napoleon talk. complex, and it's 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 wonderful to watch. Yep, uh, Team Red Flag, by the way, uh, excellent, fantastic. Uh, yeah, although like, while we're here, just th- nailed it. That was my that was my runner up for uh burn of the week. Um which for me was when <clears throat> they were sort of talking strategy in the bedroom and everyone was talking about the like the blue team were talking to Josh who of course is on team red flag where he belongs and saying how they you know they didn't really none of them wanted to get him out of the game and Tori goes you are not good at this game, Josh. We don't want to eliminate you. <laughs> <laughs> that was my bird. <laughs> that was so oh, good. good. Man, oh, my girl Tori is back already. And it seems like she's going to have yeah. a nice little love love affair on this, this uh, season. I'm excited for her. Wait, with, with, uh, well, what? I think I, might, I missed that part. Well, I just saw... Well, there's that dude who has a crush on her. I just saw a little glimpse of something in the scenes from that made me think maybe there's something going down there. Oh, okay. Maybe. All right. The weird mullet guy has a crush on her. Oh, the weird survivor mullet guy? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) I'm sure sure, uh, that'll be your next marriage. Uh, the, my second note, by the way, after is Pauly okay is I guess Josh is doing big bright suits now because the first two looks we got with him, he's wearing like, I don't even know what to call him, like bright color, sort of oversized. Yeah. Yeah. Intense, intense looks for him too. Some, some wild hair looks from Josh so far too. Yes. Uh, also try it a lot. Try it a lot. Well, but at uh, least he, <laughs> at least he, like, he owns who he is. You know, he may be a weird, like, you know, overly emotional, uh, prone to self sabotage challenger, but he owns who he is in a way that makes him moderately more endearing. I love that he dropped a, for those of you that love to hate me, uh, reference. <laughs> Amazing. Because <laughs> I know they're out there. They are yep. Out there. Um, uh, all right, so serious question. Uh, have the new players already erred by not coming for the Legends? I mean, they still have an overwhelming numbers advantage. The thing is... I don't think it's an issue yet. I don't think it's an issue yet. Yeah, we'll see. In part because it's this interesting is because it's because like the second season in a row, right? You have Michaela. Yeah. I feel like being the one being like, "Hey, wait a second, <laughs> are we just going to do what these guys want until they take us all off?" Right. And last time I got her sent home in episode one, so um, so we'll see how. So it's uh, going better this time around, at least. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I said, so it seems to be going better this time around. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. But (laughs) nevertheless, I I just don't see this as a group of veterans that's likely to stay very tight for very long. There's just so much potential for 
disruption. Well, yeah. Amanda's presence really inhibits that, I feel like. Yeah, she's already stirring shit up, right? I mean, she's already... And, by the way, 100% unapologetically and completely screwing her team over by not doing her job in the daily. (laughs) They had it won. I mean, they were way ahead. And she just did not memorize the things she was supposed to memorize. And then... In the ITM, like, almost invariably, and, like, you can see it hurts sometimes when it's one of the big egos, like Bananas or, or Wes or Pauly, but almost invariably, when a challenger eats it that bad, and it is so obviously solely on them, they'll say so. <laughs> like, they're going to come in the ITM oh. head down and be like, I fucked it, Right. And Amanda just, just, yeah, you know, we had a lead and we we really took a long time on that puzzle. Like, seriously? (laughs) Is that how you're (laughs) going (laughs) to... But strangely enough, no one else seemed that mad at her either. Yeah, I don't know if people are just, like, numb to her utter insanity or you just don't want to, like, start... The thing with Amanda is don't don't start nothing won't be nothing, right? Like I, I, even if you're right, is it worth it? It's like the you know I guess I don't know how far you got in uh in full circle, but there's a there's a line at some point where someone says to somebody else, uh do you, do you want to be right or married? Right? I mean it's one of those. Um <laughs> yep, yep, Do you want to be yep. right or, and, and dealing with Amanda you know, turning things upside down, or do you want to just let it go? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like Desi does not seem to be like a, I'm just gonna let things lie type of person. Yeah, fair so. enough. I guess we'll see as far as that goes. Um, I will say, like, I immediately thought the blue team looked to be in really good shape, um, just kind of because it's. I don't know. It's a little more muted. Although I, w- I will say, Alyssa was like, "My, I'm glad I'm on the blue team because my team has no big egos, and she's standing right next to Fessy." Um, I wrote exactly that down. <laughs> I was like, "Fessy's right behind you." What are you talking about? Yeah, pretty silly. But at the same time, like he he may not he he look he does not lack for ego. But he is not the sort of like domineering, I gotta be in charge guy that so many of the other veteran dudes can be. And neither is Corey. True. Um, and I think you True. sort and of. While we're at it, Alyssa's ego not insignificant, I would, I would add. No, she's very good. And Tori is very good. And, and we have seen so many times that, especially when it comes to the big physical stuff, uh, it, it's not always necessarily the team with the most, you know jacked up man strength but it's the team that doesn't have the women that will slow them down and i don't know that's just a really good team across the board um so i i I like their chances in the physical competitions in general i'm not seeing a lot of layups honestly no it's a really good competition i mean i'm sure there are some weak links in the strangers that we don't know the guy with the hair seems uh, a bit ridiculous um but I don't know. I wouldn't want to tangle with Lewis, who they'd sent in first. He seems like a physical <laughs> specimen, and he's a firefighter, yeah. for God's sakes. Yeah. Uh, and another amazing race guy is a triathlete, right? So. Yeah. And, I mean, look, we know Michelle is a mental basket case. So, to me, she is a weak link. She's already psyching herself out about nothing. We're, like, not even a, a normal episode's worth of action into this series, and she is psyching herself out over ridiculous nonsense again. Yeah, granted, I don't, um, I don't like care enough to watch Survivor to actually answer this question for myself. But I do wonder how the hell she won that show with the temperament that she has. Right? Yes, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't, unless somehow like that level of paranoia serves you better in Survivor. But to me, it's like the problem with her is not. It goes beyond paranoia. It becomes this thing where she turns herself into knots over stuff that like is not stuff (laughs) right like she zeroes in on something that's not a thing very early and then it 
it, she drives herself nuts with it. Um, so we'll see if that, you know, how quickly that takes her apart here. But it, it was incredible to me the speed with which she went in the ITMs from being like, I'm back, and this time around, I'm going to be mentally strong to being like, oh, my God, everything's going wrong all around me. Look at it. Look at this. It's all it's all bad. Like, <laughs> lady, chill out. I, I can't trust anyone. Well, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I'm still with Johnny. I think it was the right move. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much right, downside. Anything else you want to throw in about this particular episode? Um, I think I think that's most of it. I mean, I do love John A. Uh, and I love confident John A. Um, but I don't know that I would have picked her first. Um. I just don't, yeah, I mean, like, you know, again, I love John A., obviously a great competitor, technically, I guess, has more championships than Tori, although I believe all of John A.'s are in the, um, the All-Stars Arena, uh, I just, I, I think it's a pretty clear, if you gotta pick a, a woman first, I think Tori was a pretty clear and obvious first choice. So, that's just me. I don't. I, I you're a real big toy fan. I, 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 I can see taking John A. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to definitively say I'd rather have John A than Tori, but I can see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not that Tory, I can't see it. If you took Tori in the last season, right? Like there was a. Tori brought some baggage with her last season. You know what I mean? I guess. Um, although, as we discussed, like it was really more her partner. That you know manufactured yeah. baggage around her needlessly. Yeah, look, um, was, he was uh, he was certainly certainly uh, had played his role, but she also was completely unwilling to compromise. Yeah, I mean, look, that's fair. Um, I, I I think that's the and and it appears that she wants to protect all the vets, even Amanda, at least for now. Um, and who knows if she'll compromise about that. I'm not saying it's a perfectly smooth ride, but I still need the, the lady that I'm confident can like lift my body weight. If it comes to that, um, versus the one who can't, I don't know, man, Bob straight, <laughs> not hating on John a, I'm really, I'm, I'm trying to keep it super respectful because I, John a, I think would be the second pick, but that's just you know I, I I don't think it's a super uh, heady contest. <laughs> no, fair enough. All right. Um, so next week we got two to talk about because we love this one Sunday uh, and then the the one Thursday. So uh, a more robust challenge discussion is hopefully the game will have taken shape uh, or possibly they will have just had one elimination between now and then. Who does? Yep. Who we'll even knows? <laughs> Who knows Same what we'll time. see? Same channel. All right, so you brought up full circle before. Okay. Um, you know, let's let's get into that a little bit. I I had a good time with full circle, but I also like watched it two weeks ago and I've not thought about it a lot since um, since I watched those first couple episodes. Okay, I so myself with the, did you the, just watch a couple? To get back. I think I watched three. Yeah. I think I watched four. Four? Yeah. And what's crazy is there's only six episodes. Um, And I'm with you. I didn't... I didn't not like it. I... I was entertained. I was... I, I, I remain intrigued to some degree by the mystery, but the way this story is being told is sort of... The, the holes are very obvious, I guess, is how I've thought about it. Like, the the mysterious missing pieces are like... It's, it's, we, it's like a puzzle with only three pieces missing, you know what I mean? In very <laughs> obvious places. But, like, the pieces, the pieces are lost. So, it, it, it feels like... I don't know if I'll ever know what those 
three pieces look like and it's kind of it it rankles me a little bit um and i just think it's a weird it's kind of a weird ask of the audience to be like the mystery is this thing that you don't know exactly what happened but we know a lot about the things surrounding it right and i just i guess i guess I think I will finish it, but I guess ultimately where I'd land on this series is going to, I'm kind of just saying it better be good. <laughs> like whatever, whatever pi- <laughs> picture materializes from those three missing puzzle pieces better be goddamn beautiful because otherwise it feels like a, a lot of time spent. And again, it's not that I don't enjoy it, but it, it, it really is all tilting towards like, these couple of mysterious things that don't quite make sense and that like need to be in place to pull everything together. And if it doesn't really click into place, it's going to be pretty disappointing. Well, it feels like because it's like that, right? There's some sort of twist waiting. So is that twist going to be satisfying? You know? Right. I don't know. I, I mean, like you said, it's still well-made. It's still Soderbergh and, and there's a fantastic cast and, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of really good acting work on the screen, but I don't know. For some reason, it feels very plot-driven. Um, and um, the plot is not, uh, like you said, it feels a little rickety. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, um, it it kind of makes it hard to stand on for a little bit. But I think you're right. Maybe that's why I'm not dying to find out how it concludes. Uh, I I will say though to to your point and to recommend it some some really wonderful acting from everybody from Zazie Beats to Jim Gaffigan like it's it's Timothy Oliphant in if we've been watching Justified uh, a very different role for him right I mean um, yeah. just a a lot of interesting stuff happening and and like I think. <laughs> Yeah, that that was a little weird. Uh, it, <laughs> I, I was like, "Where's Jesse Eisenberg?" Popped into my head at least a yeah, couple really. of times. Um, but I, it, 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 Quaid, you know, Dennis Quaid, good times. This is great, but and and, and also the Soderberginess of it, right? It does have that sort of. Uh, signature pacing to, to, to the way it's shot and the way it moves around this world. Um, it has that sort of like noirish kind of feel that he, I feel like, has leaned into in in the latter parts of his career. And I am I, I I'm not having a bad time, but I do feel like a lot is hanging on how the plot comes together. Yeah, it's not. Look- uh, yeah, I don't know. And maybe maybe this is just says something about my appetite for pulp. But like, you know, I, I'm ready for another justified drop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a noir where I'm like hanging in for what happens next. Yeah. Um, yes. And, 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 and this one just doesn't grip you in that way. No, no, it doesn't. And I don't know. I like. I'm not sure if I've done a good job of describing the like. whatever it is about the way this particular mystery for lack of a better word is is spinning um but there's something about these sorts of like cliffhangers or twists or like missing pieces in a pulpier show that feels more satisfying and also has you feeling more confident that it will come together over the course of the experience uh and I don't know. It, 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 but that being said, this could all end in an incredible way, and then I think I'll be saying, "What a what a good show that was." Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll see. So I don't want to write it off. I don't want to write it off. But but it is. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> and like certainly for the first episode and a half, like it's like, what on earth is going on here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a, a fair amount of that, you know. Oh wait, it's not the kid. Yeah. You know. Hold on. Wait a second. 
<laughs> what are we doing? Okay. Uh, all right. Um, should we shift to quarterbacks? Quarterback. Um, Singular. Quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah. Respect the position. Okay. In in the National Football League. (laughs) In the National. (laughs) You know, I asked the question when we were doing homework, like, why is Hard Knock still on the air? Um. You know, and not because I don't love Hard Knocks. We talked about a lot of Hard Knocks on this show. I quite often really enjoyed watching it. Um, but it's kind of the same show. You know, we've, now that we've done 18 seasons of it, you know what I mean? And so, um, and at this point, people are pretty good at gaming it, right? So it just feels a lot like propaganda um, most of the time now. Um, this right. also definitely has a heavy dose of propaganda. But by God, ah, I have a couple of things I have to talk about here. One is just, you know... I'm already. I was already impressed by quarterbacks. Okay, I could like. <laughs> I feel like I know a fair bit about how hard that job is. But when you just see it all laid out in front of you, bit by bit, and and I didn't initially love, but as I got into the series and I've watched four or five now, I've come to actually appreciate the way they've laid it out. Sort of rather than purely chronologically or matching chronologically in a perfect way, they're kind of like each episode is kind of themed, right? And it's vaguely chronological, like it's moving through the seasons, but each episode is addressing sort of a different facet of the position. Um, And in particular, the the back-to-back heavy hitters of look at what it does to their bodies and then look at what they have to do with their brains while their bodies are being treated that way. It's just mind-boggling. And and yep. it makes you, especially as someone who, who comments about sports, like everything we talk about ultimately is it's relative, right? And, and so when we say, uh, what's a good example? Chad Henney sucks, right? Chad Henney is actually fucking unbelievable. <laughs> He's just yeah, like, yeah. Have, like, the hardest job in the world. Yeah, he's just not quite good enough to be a really good NFL quarterback, right? I like the what these guys go through and what they have to what they are expected to accomplish just as a baseline is ridiculous and and the second right. the second big thing for me is I am I am I hate to admit it but I even, you know, I even appreciate. I have an appreciation for Kirk Cousins at this moment. In my I life. was wondering. <laughs> I was waiting to ask. If, uh, like, if uh, your your viewpoint on Kirk changed any through through watching this. You know what it is. We talked about Josh and Paulie in in the challenge, right? And Paulie, I find largely insufferable, as much as he can be a great TV character. And Josh, as much as he can be insufferable, I find largely endearing because he is unapologetically himself. And the whole dad core thing that Kirk Cousins has going on is so undeniably him. And also, you know, I didn't realize he grew up in the Chicagoland area. Um because he ended up, you know, in Michigan before he went to Michigan State. So right. I, that added some, you know, a little bit of charm. And, like, his whole family is just the most normal Midwestern family that happens to include, a, you know, a multi-million dollar NFL quarterback. He's just the, like, the, an anthropomorphic version of the word golly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's so well, basic and unapologetically so, but still has, you know, d- does uh, just the most incredible amount of stuff. I mean, what they have to do with their bodies. That episode really was 
again, not necessarily eye-opening because I, I know this at some level, but but just overwhelming to watch. Yeah. So, well, I think the thing that we, you, you kind of didn't mention is not only do they have to do this stuff with their bodies and their brains, but they also really have to be the leader and the spiritual engine of the team as well, right? So there's a yeah. whole personality component to it that really matters as well, you know? Yep. So yep. I, I think when you see some of the great, like, the great busts of this game, you know, and look, maybe it's easy to say it retroactively, but, you know, you look at your Marcus Russell and you realize, well, maybe this was a guy who didn't have the personality to uh, to match the cannon arm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, you so, know, I think a lot of that also, a lot of that often comes down to dedication, right? Like how seriously do you right. take the job? Because that's one thing you see. Again, even for someone like... Marcus Mariota, whose career has, you know, you would hardly say has been a smashing success given potential expectations for him. But the amount of work that is required to just scratch along as an NFL quarterback with a chance of starting is remarkable. It's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a position. Um, and of course, Mahomes. I mean, we've done this whole thing without mentioning Patrick Mahomes. Um, there's also the part of this that's just marveling at everything about that guy, because he is the he's he's the dude, right? He's the LeBron. He's the Michael Jordan. The Mike Trout. The pick your galactic superstar. Where in a cosmic twist of fate. The incredible, unbelievable talent meets the incredible, unbelievable work ethic. The Steph Curry, like it, Patrick Mahomes, would not be Patrick Mahomes if he wasn't one of the most absurdly talented humans physically that has ever lived. But Patrick Mahomes also would not be Patrick Mahomes if he wasn't going out after an MVP season and seeking out other ways to train himself to be even better. Right? Like, it's yeah. just, the, it's such a wonderful thing as a sports fan to get to appreciate, and I appreciate getting any additional look at the process of someone like that. It's the same as, you know, watching the like little docu-series things I've seen about Steph Curry's preparation process, right? Or the stories about LeBron and the, the amount of money he spends on his body and the different type of training he does, like all that. It's 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 those dudes. How about him, him talking about uh, how he would like to like to, like to compliment defensive players? You you know do something good yeah. against him because uh, you know the next time that guy's coming in for a hit, maybe he you know doesn't give you the hardest one he's got. You know, right? I mean? Like everything is about having a little edge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, oh. it's uh, it's to the point where I was like, "Oh man, maybe you should have said that out loud. You might have blown out." <laughs> well, you might have, but I think also like that's kind of the beauty of that strategy is like it's not even necessarily conscious, right? It's just like right. maybe that what it's it's that five percent hard much harder for that defender to be that extra five percent furious they need to be to really deliver their their nastiest blow and and it doesn't even necessarily affect anything but patrick mahomes physical soreness right like it i i don't think he's expecting that to stop someone from sacking him right like if someone has a it's just that little anywhere and and again when you're that great and there are not that many ways to improve that's what you're looking for is those little extra bumps to make you that much greater. And he really just is I someone I feel like maybe it was in the series they they showed someone somewhat irresponsibly saying this, but I I, I really believe we're watching the greatest football player in the history of the sport, man. I really do. I I think wow. he, he is such an unbelievably rare combination. And look, like I'm not saying he's ever going to get to Brady's records or or any of the big records, but I've never se- it, it. I've just never seen. There's never been anyone who does the stuff he does. Yeah, 
And he also does all the stuff everybody else ever did. He's he is he's a marvel. Yeah. And this Yeah, he's got a long way to go, and this series would have been great if it was just him. But I I also thought that, you know, kind of striating across the levels of quarterback from the galactic superstar to, like, a top half of the league, clearly, possibly top ten starter, to, like, a barely hanging on to a starting job guy, I I found that part interesting as well. Yeah, so... Begrudgingly, I loved this show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like that. Um, I don't have a ton to say uh, about the new season of Red Dogs. It's great. You know what I mean? Like, it remains great. It remains truly unique on television. But I think these are things that we all said about season one and season two. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I do think it's an even I, I I do think it is sort of operating at an even higher level. Like I'm not sure that that um Dear Lady Bottle episode is one they would have attempted or or pulled off as as beautifully as they did this time around. Did you watch the third episode? I not no, I watched the first two. Oh. Okay. Well, you should definitely watch the third episode. I I okay. I fully agree with everything you said. I think even it may even be, you know, taking a slight step up from just a like prestige attack standpoint, if you will. Um, Because the third episode is a fascinating, like, I think it's the first time we get anything sort of supernatural beyond the, you know, warrior that visits bear. Um, But it's like a little surreal, but also a, you know, deeply emotional historical story and kind of a bottle episode and just, I thought, phenomenally executed. And I I just want to make sure I say, and I'm going to look it up because it is a, uh, it's a doozy of a name, um, but... The kid who plays Bear, uh, DeFaro Wunatai, is really a tremendous actor. Um, Everybody on this show is good, but that kid is excellent. Yeah, don't know where they found him, but uh, he's holding up this story, so now he's a thing to do. Yeah, well, he's Canadian, but I I think they, they literally found him for this like i don't know that he was um doing a lot of acting before (laughs) i guess he was on some family channel stuff um but man yeah obviously neither of us had ever seen him before and i just think he's spectacular yeah but like i said i think the spectacular you know uh they bring in a guest star like yeah uh, like an episode too and, and you know and and that guy does great work he's a, he's a good back guy yeah before, but um you know i just uh it's it's a it's it's always fun to spend time in this world the show um i don't know like what was the the taika watini movie it was oscar dominated with the with Hitler, yeah. you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, uh, the rabbit, uh, the something rabbit, uh, or bunny, um, yeah, Joey, yes. Joey Rabbit. Like, what, <laughs> what was it called? Oh man, that's gonna be that's gonna haunt me for a second. But you know that movie had right, Jojo Rabbit. I was close, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, oh yeah, that's pretty good, Jojo Rabbit. That's nice it. To like take these things that there should be no humor and no yeah. like tenderness and joy from, and kind of like juxtapose them all together, and, and and there's something about this show. Obviously, there's not you know stuff. Well, I guess you could make the case that it's the same type of horrors. It's not the same type of active horrors. There's no Hitler. 
You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, but, like, you... I don't know. Like, there's... It feels like there's there's comedy and joy where there shouldn't necessarily be sometimes. Yeah. Uh, um, both but, adventures, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I would say Hunt for the Wilder People is, is like that as well, which was kind of his... Um, you know, breakout, I guess you might say, with uh, Sam Neill and the kid. Did you see that? I did not see that. Oh, oh. It's, well, it's an excellent movie. Um, he is... That seems to be what he most prefers to traffic in. And even, like, the Thor movies he's directed, uh, they, they all have this weird combination of heart and like tragedy and comedy um and i think that's certainly distinctive of this show although obviously like i think sterling harjo is the is the primary person yeah, to credit that much involved but it's, it, for some some way it's inherited that same spirit you know yeah i agree it definitely comes from the same vein um and i and i just yeah, it's a, this show is a credit to everyone involved, including the network that continues to produce it. Yeah. I, it's hard for me to imagine any other network doing this show, honestly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> FX, FX is is like a an important thing in the culture right now, I, I feel. Yeah, and I don't know, um, you know, from a business standpoint, I don't know that it has a, quite an obvious place. You know what I mean? Like it's at some point it's just going to be part of the Hulu vertical. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but but look, as long as they keep doing interesting stuff, I don't care really, <laughs> right? Like <clears throat> the fear is that everyone just slowly reduces themselves to fodder in the way we've talked about Netflix doing. And, you know, there's still enough enough sources of not that for now that I'm satisfied. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's do HBO's winning time. Um, were you totally clear about the time jump here um, between seasons? Like, we're in, this is 84 we're in now, right? No, then they jumped right back, it seems like. Like it, they, the first scene was in '84, but then I think they jumped right back to whatever it is, '80. 80? 80, 81, I guess it would be, or '80, 80, '81, something like that. Well, I think it's the '80, 80, '81 season, um, or no, the '79, '80 season. I don't know. Whatever it is, I think it's right after. It's Magic Second they won, Year. They won the '80 title, right? Right. So is that right? The '79. 80 season one was 7980 maybe yes this would be 8081 that that could be right um but yeah I, I do think it's back to magic's sophomore season so to speak and I, like it seems to me that this is more so than the first season going to be kind of the Magic versus Kareem season. As much as Magic was a huge part of the storyline, and so was Kareem in the first season, that that felt as much Jerry Buss's season as anyone else. And it feels like the sort of main struggle now, rather than like Buss versus the orthodoxy, is going to be Magic versus, and then ultimately alongside Kareem. Um and no, it was the seventy nine eighty. Yeah, so yeah, so that's what it is. This is eighty eighty one. Gotcha. Okay, great. Um, I uh, I'm ready for it. I, you know, like I kind of I kind of like this magic arc. You know what I mean? Where he's, uh, he's a little bit lost. Um, yeah. Although it's sort of like. You know, some of the cookie stuff is hard knowing, knowing what's ahead in their future, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this... I don't know if it's because I've encountered Jerry West more in my own career or what. Um, but I do... I, I feel like... I fe even though he, I don't believe that he said anything, I feel Magic's pain 
over the course of one episode of this season a little more than I felt Jerry West's pain last year when he was whining. Um, like, this is some intense personal stuff to put out there, especially as it involves Cookie and, you know, his other kid. It's, and again, like you say, knowing what's coming makes it even more loaded. It, it, it is, uh, it's pretty intense. And I, I feel like if, that, if, you were, if you were magic, it would be a tough thing to have airing in the world. Um, yeah. But it is compelling television. <laughs> it sure is. I can't. <laughs> it, it, it is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, again, we, we sort of know what happens, but I think that clash of leadership styles and personalities between Magic and Kareem has more than enough for for a season of TV. I, I'm I'm pretty excited to watch it. Um, yeah, and just uh, just to see where it goes. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, John Dean Riley is still hamming it up. Uh, yeah, with plenty of screen time as Doctor Buss as well. So, and I will say the one person who seems to, um, just repeatedly and consistently come off great is genie like this is some legend building stuff for genie bus yeah to the point where you know people have pointed out some historical inaccuracies yeah <laughs> correct but um i'm here for the genie bus myth making like honestly yeah. whether she was coming up with every good idea behind the scenes as a teenager or not like her rise through the ranks of the NBA is, uh, you know, even 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 somewhat born on third base as a woman in that environment. It's it's very impressive. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I don't think we should take that away from her. Um, I I still love that the Celtics are all portrayed as basically like you know comic book villains, and yeah, I'm here for it. I, I hope they make Larry Bird. I, I, every time that guy shows up as Bird, I think he's so good. He's such a good Bird. And he, he has the, like, I, not only am I going to eviscerate you and tell you about it, I don't care about you at all thing that Larry almost uniquely had. Um, and Chickless is just excellent as Red Auerbach. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> so this, this, you know, winning time continues to be an absolute blast, and and if there are some historical inaccuracies, I'm prepared to live with it. Indeed, indeed. Um, I'll even I'll even go for a chicken and say Dianu. Dianu, um, baby. I uh, I I can I just can I just um, before we go because I know we're reaching an endpoint here. I, I can we talk about the rising young stars of the Premier League? <clears throat> <laughs> you mean all the dudes that Chelsea have been buying the, uh, the, the last couple of days? Or, uh, or just in general? <laughs> Look, you you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, and that includes scrapping the Tyler Adams deal with the, you know, he's apparently isn't gonna be ready to play for a while. Um, they they've been they've been chasing this Caicedo guy, and I guess he uh, is determined to be a member of of Chelsea Football Club. So that's exciting. That looks like it's going to go through. They could use that help, and and it seems like they're going to buy another striker at some point in in the next couple weeks as well. Because uh, what's money? You know what I mean, right? Especially when it's Saudi Arabia, right? To, to pay a bunch of money for all players that nobody wants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, so, listen, I, I... More than that, like, they have a, you know, legitimate, proven, winning uh, manager at, at the EPL level. They have a remarkable amount of talent under the age of 24 
Um, and, you know, the pride of, of England, Reese James, with the, with the C on his arm. Like, the, things are looking up. I feel like the, Chelsea's about to have the season that Arsenal had a couple years ago where all the young guys started to, you know, show themselves and they rose up the ranks higher than anyone expected. That's that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Uh, that would be last season, I think, really. <laughs> no, I feel like it would – no, last season, last season they were the, – Arsenal was competing for the title all season long. I'm talking about the season before where they finished like – they, they went from eight to fifth, basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, like, I, I feel like Chelsea's ultimate fairness. Like, I can easily see them finishing second and third, and I can also see them finishing 12th. You know they I mean? absolutely, because it, there's no telling if these young guys will come together, but like, there's a lot of talent, and, and they have young guys who like to score, which is going to be a nice change. Um, so... Even even when they haven't been been actually finishing, the, the just the rate of competent attacks on goal has been so much better than it was all of last season. It's been a joy to watch the preseason. Yeah, I love that you're in it from from preseason at this point. This is like going to be your, you know, I feel like a, a fun voyage for you. And I, you know, I have, I have a lot of respect for Pochettino. I think it was a good hire for them. So yeah, um, yeah, he if seems. It, if it all works, it'll be great. But sometimes with Chelsea, it doesn't all work. Hey, man, sometimes sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm feeling good. I'm ready. Look, it's a, it's, it's a tough start, okay? <laughs> but I am hopeful. I, I am hopeful. I'm hopeful and yet also annoyed that somehow my team drew the 6.30 Saturday start on the first weekend. So. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Premier team, you'd think premier slot, but no, no such luck. Yeah, no, they don't, they don't do it for TV quite like, uh, uh, like that over there. Apparently, and also it's not the same time of day. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's not like a prime timer, right? It's a, it, you're not in prime time. No, it's, it's noon over there. I think yeah, you're getting, you're getting the noon game over there. It's the so. equivalent of the uh, of the early game for the NFL, you know. Kind of, but right, yep, I mean, this is, God, we're really getting into dorky English nuances, it doesn't even affect <laughs> American TV viewers, but over there, you know, they have that rule that you can't watch games in that, the 3.30 window, right, because they want people to go to their local match, so right. none of those matches are televised over there, Right. so so being in the early, that 12 p.m. window is actually Put kind of you on more TV. time right. yeah, than being in sort of the main window that we're usually watching games at like 9, 10 in the morning over here. So Yeah. Um, well, when you're on so yeah, Sunday, you know, none of that's an of issue, right? Works. You, yeah, it's, you, you can watch more games here than you can actually in England. It's just very weird. That is funny. Uh, but when, when you're the Sunday game, you're just you're, the whole world gets to watch Liverpool um potentially take you apart to open up the very hopeful season um <laughs> but but listen there's 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 already help on the way uh god it's heartbreaking that Nkunku is out before the season starts but otherwise i'm feeling very good <laughs> i know after i spent like six months hyping you up like you're gonna love this guy he's so good well dude and i do i already do they can play him in three different positions he's constantly attacking he's he's a he is as aggressive a a possessor of the ball like in the in the front third of the field as has been on Chelsea in a few years like it's he's legitimately exciting but you know what a guy no one said anything to me about named Nicholas Jackson is also very exciting so I got things to be excited about yeah yeah well we'll see we'll see in a couple weeks yeah. who's still excited because That's I right. also have things to be excited about and uh, soccer usually serves those up with a healthy side dose of crushing disappointment. So. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait. So. <laughs> oh, we got it all to look forward to. All right. Uh, homework for next week. Um, we're doing a show next week, right? It's two weeks in a row. We're, we're back at it. Um, yeah. We yeah. got to two more episodes of the challenges we mentioned earlier. Um, and they cloned Tyrone. On Netflix. Uh, this is a, a Jamie Foxx film? Yeah, that's right. And John Boyega. I like him. Um, 
and clothing, apparently. That's what Netflix did. If I didn't mention that. Uh, also, the Wes Anderson film, Asteroid uh, City, uh, has made its way to Peacock, so you can watch it for free over there. Uh, and all kinds of famous people on that because it's a Wes Anderson movie. And uh, we're going to watch uh, also on Netflix, Untold Johnny Football, the documentary about the brief period of our lives when Johnny Manziel was important to us for some reason. Uh, some salacious details uh, already in the news about this documentary uh, on on old Johnny, and I, for one, am excited to see it. The kid was living. I think. I think that much. Uh, I could say without having seen a minute of it. That is the, the general theme of the information. Yes. He, he was living until uh, it, it, it really took an ugly turn. So uh, I'm, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. All right. Um, so we will discuss all of those next week. Uh, it's uh, good to be talking to you again and uh, looking forward to doing it regularly this, uh, this year. Yeehaw. I will talk to you in a week with two more episodes of the challenge under our belts. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Well, that sounds good. Bye. Games in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The lights out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the Jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.